for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. TNT. You're with Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jim Wolfe at tntradio.live. It's my email address. I was talking yesterday about going to the theater. My wife and I went to see The Sound of Music a few nights ago. It's always a pleasure to watch uh, stage productions. However, as I said yesterday, I am immensely disappointed in the number of people wearing shorts and sandals and t-shirts with slogans on. I mean, the theater is one of those last bastions of high society, of, of culture. And uh, I don't know, I, found, I just found it very disrespectful. So do send me an email, Warfare at tntradio.live. Tell me if you agree with me. I got an email this morning from somebody who, who does agree with me. And you know, it's like going to somebody's wedding. If they don't, if they don't want you to wear shorts and you wear shorts, <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a bit disrespectful. We are de- deteriorating as a society, and I think there are some things that should be preserved. Oh, I wonder what my guest is going to say. Alex, let's go to him. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Claudia Gross, Happy New Year. Welcome back to my show. Jeremy, likewise. Good to see you again. It's been, it's been a while. It has been. I think it's been too long. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something. Do you, agree with my, do, do you agree with my sentiment? Should we try and preserve the last remnants of high society like the theater? Yeah. I mean, in general, in general I think it's a, it's a good idea. I mean, um, one of the side effects, of course, over the past few years or decades has been that uh, the whole cultural movement has been taken over by government uh, sponsoring, you know. The, so whenever they they basically uh, perform an old play, uh, they try to turn it into a Vogue, critical race, whatever kind of approach. So that's why I basically don't go to theaters in Switzerland any longer because just the content is not. It's a bit poisoning. It's uh, you know this progressive uh, bullshit. So, but, uh, but overall, of course, you know, I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, that the government must now slap, you know, slap down laws, but I'm saying that we, we, the, the theater goers should, should take some pride in, in something that is centuries, if not thousands of years old, uh, you know what I mean? It's, there, there aren't many things left, um, that allow us to dress up with pride. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, theaters also in the, in the past used to be, you know, place where uh, some interesting questions have been brought up, some interesting yes. points uh, have been discussed, you know. Uh, and now, of course, with the political correctness and the safe space, uh, whatever uh, yes. attitude, uh, it has changed. You know, it became it's it's more a kind of yeah distraction on a, on a, on a local level, feeding you know those uh, cultural uh, warriors uh, with with tax money. And so they, they do whatever you know, the government is telling them to do. Mm. You said tax money. You're in Switzerland and you are something of a guru on fiat. <laughs> gold is where we should be heading, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, gold is, um, I mean, I'm not in gold, you know, I mean, I'm in gold since 20 years, basically, since I understood, since I started the, the monetary system. 
how money came into existence and so on. I think that was really a good start uh, for me back in 2000 when I realized I have no clue of what's going on on this planet. So fortunately, I started with the monetary system and the economy. And you know, once you once you do that, then you realize that we are living in a in a fake uh, monetary system. You know? So I just gave recently I gave a speech in, in Munich, which was basically about that topic. Uh, so I gave the title was, you know, are we on the final road to serve them? And um, it was an attempt coming from uh, the perspective of a free uh, Swiss individual. And um, I, I said at the beginning, of course, we are living in serfdom already, you know, for many decades. We only have to look at the monetary system, you know, because gold is the money of the kings, silver is the money of the bourgeoisie, barter is the money or trade is the, bar is the money of the farmers, and that or paper is the money of the servants or the serfs. Yeah, so, you are referencing Frederick Hayek's book, uh, Road to Serfdom, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we are in, in, in serfs. I mean, we are living in, an in, in a system of institutionalized slavery, especially also in the West. Also, we were the only culture which basically uh, stopped slavery, you know, because we came to the freely to the conclusion that it's that it's uh, not right to enslave others. And on the other side, we also realized, you know, that free people will always make a better and more productive job than slaves. So it, it even didn't make sense over there. But now, of course, you know, the last 78 years, 100 years, we really have been, you know, with the end, with the beginning of the First World War, I think. That was really uh, one of these first attempts to destroy Western civilization. And this is this is what we are witnessing over the last hundred years at the end of the day, constantly. Yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I I said I like the idea of barter because uh, it can't really be taxed. At, well, I mean, it can't be taxed because you can basically create value out of whatever you find valuable. The thing is, is barter really a good idea? I mean, it's not scalable. Well, barter, I mean, barter was always the problem because, you know, as a, as a butcher, uh, you had some meat, of course, and then you, uh, you went to the, you wanted some shoes for, for your kids. So you basically had to go to the shoemaker, you know, and offer him meat. And if you had enough meat, then you basically had to look for another good that he wanted to trade in against the shoes. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we are still in a barter society, you know, even today we are, when I, when I do something, when I work when I use my, my brain or my hands, um, and I, I do work, I, I, I create uh, value. Uh, I basically I'm paid uh, on the other side, you know, today in, uh, in, in, in funny paper notes, but it's still, you know, a kind of, of barter. So, and money came into existence basically to solve that issue, you know, that you don't have to find, uh, that you don't have to trade, you know, meat or, or, or uh, bread or whatever, so that you really found a medium of exchange and as well as a store of value, which was accepted by all the market participants. And that's how basically gold and silver came into existence because it was freely used by the people as, as money. And uh, as I said, you know, money is always a means to an end. Uh, it's basically, you know, we need money to buy goods and services at the end of the day. So it's always, when we look at the whole system, whatever, it's never about the scarcity of money, it's always about the scarcity of goods and services. And when I yeah, look at I mean, you know, the, yeah, please. No, no, go on. And when I look at the last few years, you know, we don't have to be that uh, productive. We destroyed, you know, with Corona, I think we destroyed a lot of the global supply chains, you know, the international uh, division of labor. Um, uh, we basically created the shortages, you know, we are, we are based on a system of on-time delivery and so on. And this has all, be, all have been heavily disrupted. 
And at the same time, we also pushed you know, all the small and mid-sized companies into bankruptcy or into debt. And uh, so, and and we all know, you know, that the sound backbone of a sound society is are the small and mid-sized companies. You know, the individuals who run their own shop or have you know two or three employees and so on. But these guys have all been uh, punished. And now it's the second wave that we are in. Basically, you know that we are in a contract. Uh, I mean, in a credit contraction. So you know, people on mainstream receive less and less credit, and at the same time, the interest rates went up. So I mean, that's highly toxic. Also, I have mm. to say we are still in a, in a highly inflationary environment because when we look at the total the total money supply of all the, the central banks in the Western world, it's still expansionary. But that means, you know, that some people receive the money and, uh, and that's basically the too big to fail, you know, all these fascist uh, players, you know, the alliance between big business and big government. I mean, these are the guys who receive the money and, uh, and the small the small and mid-sized companies and the normal people on the street they are just being uh impoverished and are being you know the loser of of of, of the whole uh, system we lost 30 percent of purchasing power over the last few years and i think maybe you know this year we might see another 20 30 percent of uh, purchasing power loss so people are being impoverished you know the ones who remain in the current system because it's all about you know printing money inflation and uh, so it's yeah. not a good outcome. I want to ask you something about printing money. Uh, if you could clarify for me, Claudio. Um, I, I, know, I know that constantly printing money leads to more inflation and it obviously leads to nowhere good. But how long can that cycle go on? I think the Fed has been around for just over 100 years. What, what is the US now? $30 trillion in debt how how much longer can it go before there is some sort of an implosion and if there is an implosion what does that implosion look like well i think you know we are really in the uh, end game uh, i mean in the you know we even had you know in the bible or in the old testament there was they were talking about jubilee jubilee was you know 50 years uh, there was a debt uh, cycle so after 50 years you know that the the slaves were freed that's forgiven and then they restarted and so when we look at the current system, I mean, okay, 1913, the Federal Reserve came into existence. Uh, basically, 1971, up to then, we were living on a gold standard. At least, you know, the Americans had to uh, turn in, you know, uh, US dollar against uh, gold, you know, in international trade uh, on demand. And then when Nixon closed that gold window, basically in 71, since then, we are living on a complete fiat money system. And, uh, and I think in 2021, you know, we had the 50 years anniversary. So we are, yeah, I think, you know, as I said at the beginning, it's never the scarcity of money. You know, it's always the scarcity of goods and services. And when I see what we are doing to the economy, when we, when I see, you know, that the, girl, the, the world is going, it's being divided again. You know, in the 90s, we came together, a new market, global market. Uh, and now basically we are going in, in reverse. So we have, you know, there is less goods, there are less services, but we still have more money chasing, you know, the same amount or even less amount of goods and services. That's why we have uh, inflation. Also on mainstream, because uh, Main Street, you know, because in the past inflation, we always had inflation. I mean, look at Greenspan, he purchased a house back in 56 or so for $50,000. Today it's 1.5 million worth. Mm. And also, I mean, when you, when you print money, money always goes into certain asset classes. 
And that can be, of course, real estate, it can be, you know, uh, stock markets, uh, it can be, you know, government debt, that kind of stuff. And, and so, you know, when, when we have inflation there, so your house is getting more worse, you know, every year because of inflation, because more money is being fueled into the real estate sector. I mean, then a lot of people believe that's a good thing. Um, but of course, when, you know, when we see that daily goods, uh, prices are rising, triple, you know, energy is going up, though healthcare insurance is going up, everything. I mean, this is also inflation, but this, of course, is considered bad because then people realize that inflation is a, is a hidden tax. You know, it has certain advantages for certain uh, groups. Basically, the guys who own uh, stocks, hard assets and so on, they can profit from it. But all the others who have not enough money, you know, to, to speculate or to go into the stock market and so on, and they're living from on a on a paycheck to paycheck basis, and they are just the losers. And, you know, because the money is buying less and less, so they can not even afford to buy a house in the future because it's just, because, you know, the, the, the scissor is going uh, off. Is that uh, understandable? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And also, the value of of money, correct me if I'm wrong, but the value is determined almost always by the state. Yeah, I mean, you know, money basically, it needs to be grounded in economic output. So you have to do something to, uh, that something becomes money. You know, even with gold, people were always saying it's basically stored energy. But now mm. these days, you know, I mean, we have central banks, they just print money out of uh, nowhere. You know, they just they hit the push a button and then we have a trillion more. Um, so it's not grounded in, in, in nothing any longer. Some people believe it's still grounded, of course, in the when you look at the country, you know, then you look at the economy, you look at the debt levels and so on. So so that the whole economy stands behind a certain currency. It's backed up by their economical players and so on. But uh, at the end of the day, this is yeah, in a credit based system. It's basically, yeah, we don't, we are not owners, you know, we just, you know, but the best one who, who, the ones who get the highest credits, who get, you know, the highest trust in terms of credit, they are going to profit from it. And, uh, and all the others are basically to lose uh, what they have. Uh, but I mean, you can't really get out of it. It's like the matrix. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm part of an enlightened uh, society. So I also know, besides, you know, that we own our own body and mind, uh, because mm. if we are not allowed to own our own body and mind, then there is also no private property. Uh, so, mm. but I also understand that we always have a choice. You know, we can always distinguish between or decide between what is right and what is wrong and not what is legal or illegal. So at the end of the day, when I look around in today's uh, world, I mean, we look at the media, we look at the economy, we look at the central banks, you know, we look at whatever, it's all fake. It's really, everything is fake, you know, everyone is lying, the medias are lying, yeah. we are in a, in a corrupt money always creates to a corrupted society. You know? so, um, so that's just the outcome. And, uh, and to me, uh, of course, I, I, I'm, I'm part of that political party, which is called Leave Me The Fuck Alone. So um, I truly believe, you know, we can exit. I, I'm, I, I prepare for 20 years to know how to exit the system as good as I can. And today, basically, <laughs> I have to say I'm, I'm pretty released. You know, I'm in the gold business. I don't depend on bank accounts. Uh, you know, I, I don't have to deal with people I don't want to deal with. 
the, the, the audience that I'm addressing are basically enlightened individuals who understand mm. uh, geopolitics, history, mm. the values of freedom, the values, the principles of liberty. So uh, I'm in a, in a very, um, how, how can I say that, privileged situation. But it took me it took me more than a decade, you know, to to build that up mm. and to become as free as possible, so that I can. I mean, uh, three years ago, when everything started with Corona, I basically said, you know, this is the official invitation to leave the system because they will lock us out anyway. And I think that's still the case, you know, three years down the road. And yeah. um, so when we see, you know, we had, I mean, they are these guys are talking about the Great Reset. And when I look back into history, we always had a reset every hundred years or so. So there is nothing new. Uh, under the sun, you know, what we are True. witnessing right now is basically, for, from my perspective, just another attempt. It's a cultural revolution. It's a cultural war against Western values, against uh, individualism. You know, it's really the collectivist. The collective is more important than individual, again, which leads to barbarism, and uh, which is just another form of, of Marxism, communism. Because even in the good old days, you know, we always had these two class society. Uh, you know, the bourgeoisie against the proletarians. And now we have, you know, the oppressor versus the oppressed. So it's still the same. And um, and I don't want to be part of that of that divide and conquer game any longer. So I, I put myself a little bit in the back and I watch the whole thing. And um, I'm ready, you know, to leave the big uh, cities. I mean, I'm not living in a big city anyway. I'm living in in Switzerland, which is still from my perspective, one of the soundest countries uh, you can find in terms of culture, because you know we still have a high trust uh, among individuals. A word is a word. Uh, we are not uh, as poisoned and you know intoxicated by this woke and critical race theory and LGBT and you know the, the green agenda, all this bullshit. A lot of Swiss they don't buy it, and um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm ready. You know, to what I do is right now I basically look for. Um, three individuals who understand what's going on and they also prepare, you know, for the for this transition period that we are in, because centralized, <clears throat> centrally managed economy, which we are in, it, it's never working. You know, it, it never yeah. worked in the past. That's why, you know, the Soviet Union also came down. And uh, so it's also not going to work this time. So for me, you know, whatever we see on the media and so on and digital ID and central bank and digital coins and all that shit, I think that's a distraction. Because what we're going to have before it comes will be a reset. You know, we're going to have this world economic depression, world economic crisis. I think that's on the way and we cannot stop it and we cannot change the world. And a lot of people are not interested in thinking about what's really going on and to mm. come up with their own opinion. You know, they just repeat and what they have learned by heart. And they believe yeah, what uh, the media is saying is the truth. And um, and I just try to find, you know, uh, people who can think for themselves independently and um, who also trust in their skills, who also understand that they are mature, grown up, that they don't need, you know, an any state or mother or whatever telling them when they are 40 what to do, what to think, what to eat, what to drink. So it's, I mean, that's where we are. And um, But I think a lot of people understand what's going on and what is at stake. And uh, and they prepare. I mean, that's that's why I'm still alive. That's why that's how I make my income, because I'm trying to find you know those those free uh, self-responsible individuals on on a global scale, and I just help them that they can protect their wealth 
you know, by you know owning physical gold, for example, stored in a, in a safe jurisdiction such as Switzerland, where private property rights are still respected the most, as long as it's outside the banking system. But that's what yeah. I said, you know, already two, three years ago. In the, the banking system is everywhere the same. <laughs> Claudia Gross, I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim. This is TNT. Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there has been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative and she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around so that's not really taking off the way they want to either and then she said something very interesting she said you know what when the water crisis comes people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water and if you don't have water for a few days at a time you'll know all about it so maybe you know we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a world economic forum type narrative could this be what it is locked in Loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Sometimes life can be overwhelming and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, Make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts, reminders of things that make you feel strong. Some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, Use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Claudio, I'm often torn. uh, I always... Not always. I often have this tug of war between the notion that we must use cash. You know, Catherine Orson Fitz loves to promote the idea that we should use cash. And I, I, I get the principle and I know where she's going with that. But cash is still part of the, the centralized monetary system. It's still part of fiat. Uh, how do we, in your view, uh, balance this? Okay. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the banking system, uh, paper money, cash, uh, I think uh, that's most likely it's phasing out anyway. Because even cash, you know, if, if, if uh, in the future we, we will see, uh, because what is at play is really the destruction of the monetary system. That's also what Lenin always said. Lenin said to destroy the bourgeoisie society, you have to destroy the monetary system. And I think that's what it's at play. So let's assume, you know, the euro or, you know, the US dollar in the future, one day it will go down to zero. And then, of course, even a paper note uh, is not uh, solving any issues. 
So uh, I think that's the old world. Um, I don't see that it's, you know, in, they are talking about central bank digital coins. We have big coins. Uh, I, I also, I mean, I have the feeling that, you know, because when we invented the internet, and I mean, no one, nobody invented the internet. It, it really came into existence quite uh, anarchistic. And, um, and so I think the future is really, you know, the internet can also free us. And uh, since 2009 or 10, basically, since uh, when Bitcoin came into existence, before it was never possible to to wire funds, you know, from A to B without going through the banking system. And uh, and now for the last, you know, let's say 12, 13 uh, years, we basically can do that. Um, so I think the future will be digital and it most likely will also be uh, internet based. Um, but I, I also, because I, you know, because the banking system with the concept of central banking digital coins, I mean, then you don't need fractional reserve banks any longer. Because, you know, then, you know, just the central banks are taking over. They come up with their, uh, I mean, this, no, I mean, this is really something for the serfs only because nobody wants to touch central bank digital coin because it's really absolute control. I mean, we, we can see uh, in China what's going on with those kind of central banking digital coins, the social credit scoring and so on. I mean, they can they can basically, you know, come up with negative interest rates. If everything is on a, on a wallet, if everything is digital and it's even, you know, government controlled, I mean, they can say, okay, tomorrow we're going to implement 20% negative interest rates. And, you know, if you have something on the side, you just take it away. Or, for example, bank runs. Right now, we still have, you know, we might see bank runs. When people lose trust into a certain bank that they go there and want to pick it up, of course, they never have enough cash. But in, in a future system, when it's, everything is digital and so on, I mean, then bank runs are also not, not possible. So I think we, you know, every coin has two sides. So the internet also has two sides. One is basically a, a side that can enslave us, like what we have seen also in the past, you know, with let's say Facebook and Twitter and, you know, digital surveillance and control and everything. But on the other side, uh, it can also free us, you know, because because it the whole backbone is, is very uh, anarchistic. Um, there will always be, you know, crypto anarchists, hackers, who will, because a decentralized, you know, a decentralized is always more superior than a centralized system. So, and, and the internet is definitely not centralized. So I think um, we have to focus on uh, on technology also in the future. And, uh, but I rather see uh, money coming into existence, which will be a kind of property title for a hard asset. You know, that, that you, for example, can trade, uh, gold uh, property title on the internet as a means of payment and um so i'm not i'm not a big fan i don't know what's going to happen with bitcoin and so on uh if, if it's going to survive or, or not i have no clue uh, but i i believe in the future we will see more uh freedom when it comes to private uh, currencies backed up by hard assets free tradable on the internet but i mean the principle of bitcoin do you, do you think is good? I mean, it's it's outside of the banking system. I mean, <clears throat> I think six or seven years ago, I uh, I started organizing conferences to some other friends of mine, and the title has been, you know, the denationalization of money. So I always embraced, you know, uh, the concept of Bitcoin, crypto, blockchain. 
because uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm the free market uh, guy. So I believe in, in, in competition. And I always thought it's, it's nice that we have private player, private money competing with central banking money. Mm. You know, so, but of course, I think the hashtag from the Bitcoin is coming from the NSA. When you see the whole digital agenda, which we were witnessing over the last few years, maybe, maybe Bitcoin also has been invented, you know, to push us into that direction. Uh, in a way, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure any longer. So, and, and at the same time, when I look at the Bitcoin uh, scene, I mean, a lot of these crypto anarchists, you know, the, the free uh, individuals, they 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 left the playground, and you have much more bankers, which are now you know moved into uh, Bitcoin. So we'll see, you know, what what they will make out of it. And and up to today, uh, you know, Bitcoin has never become money in a sense that people trade actively and pay in bitcoin actively it's still a speculation also at the end of the day so i mean um if someone wants to speculate i mean let's go for bitcoin maybe one to three percent of your net net worth you can put it into it that's it but you need to be willing to lose that money um and i still you know i i i'm in favor of physical gold and silver I mean, this is you know stored in the in the in the format of my choice but Claudio, you said that uh, Bitcoin is not something that you use as a as a transactionary money at the moment, and that's true. I mean, I could do nothing with Bitcoin, but similarly, I can do pretty much nothing with gold. I mean, you can't really trade in. If I got a piece of gold, like a Kruger a Kruger Rand, yeah. I can't go somewhere and buy something with it. Well, I mean. You, you can, I mean, gold is, at the moment, I mean, you know, gold is, is mainly a store of value. And also, I mean, a lot of people, they hold physical gold because it's money. No, gold is money. Everything else is credit. That's what JP Morgan already said. So, um, and we, and at the, on the other side, we can see that, you know, when you look at um, how much gold is traded, I mean, also within the banks, you know, and LBMA, which is also fraudulent and uh, most of it is hot air has nothing to do with the physical underlying, but it's a highly liquid market, you know, but a lot of people, uh, they hold physical gold and they might cash in once in a while when they need uh, money, you know, then they sell some gold into fiat. That's, that's the, that's where we are at the moment, but I'm working also on a solution, which is going to digitalize the property title of physical gold in the future so that we can basically really use it, uh, on the internet, uh, also as a means of payment. So this is common. What, what about, what about cryptocurrency that's pinned to gold? Like Pax Gold and all the others and Tether? I, I, mean, I, uh, I don't know. If, I mean, if there, are certain, are. There, are certain, there are certain gold uh, tokens already in place, but most of them, I mean, they are operating under American law, which I would never invest. Um, mm. Most of the time you don't know where the gold is stored. You know, it's not audited. So it's, it's not very transparent. And right. uh, when I also look at the guys who, who invented those uh, gold solutions, most of them are coming from the crypto side, you know, and what I basically, what I want to do is, you know, I have, a, I formed a team together and we are coming from the physical gold side and we just want to use technology to create more liquidity when it comes to the gold market. Mm. And of course, now maybe it's, it's still a bit early, you know, but I think the world is changing and it's changing fast. And, um, and I, and this is just another option, you know, that I can offer my customers in the future 
I mean, right mm -hmm. now they have, they might have some gold here in Switzerland, but you know, we don't know when the reset is coming, can they travel? Will the banks be open, whatever? Um, so when we can digitalize the property title, then we basically, and the internet is still up and running, or even if they come up with a cyber attack, uh, I truly believe, you know, with mass networking, uh, we can pretty fast establish uh, internet connection again. So we yeah. just have, you know, we have to keep an open mind and I think we should be future oriented. So that's why I say the banks and, you know, that's the old system, that's the old world. I don't want to deal with it mm. any longer. I focus on on the other direction, but I try to get, you know, the, the best out of it. But I mean, also gold is, it really has stood the test of time. I mean, in some in some form, gold that Julius Caesar had in his hand is still in circulation today. Uh, that can't be said for 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 you know uh, fiat money. Yeah, no, I mean I always said you know it's either the dollar or gold, mm. and uh, because right now when you're living in this fiat mon monetary system, you know everyone is filled up with debt. Uh, you you were able you know the more debt you got, the the more prosper you you became, in a way. You know sometimes you lose mm. it in these corrections which are coming. Most likely the next one also in, in 2024. But, um, you know, everyone is invested. They are not owners. And, you know, when you own gold is, is, is money, really, that's it. It's not a stock. It's nothing else. It's not to eat. It's just pure money. And when I look at the performance of, of gold, especially, you know, now with high interest rates, I mean, since 2018, for example, gold outperformed U.S. Treasury bills by 75%. And when you look at the, the classic uh, wealth portfolios on, on, on the globe, I mean, the majority owns, they hold 60% stocks and 40% bonds. And that used to be the magic formula that whenever you have a, a crash, you know, that when the stock market is crashing, that bonds go up and vice versa. But this is not going, this is not working any longer since 2018. So you would have been in a much better position if you would have sold all your bond, cash it in against physical gold. And I think that's, that's now what's even in some institutional investors are trying, are finding out that it makes that the new formula is not 60% stocks and 40% bonds, that it will be 60% stocks and 40% physical precious metals and gold. And I think that's, so there's a, there is a huge shift taking place. And uh, I think, you know, now we will see even more, you know, the smart money or, you know, institutionals who in the past were not invested in physical gold. Now they can see, you know, that all the threats are too big, all the risks are too big, and that this, mm. the liquidity pool, the treasuries are not working any longer. And uh, so it's, it's common sense, you know, to, to go into physical gold and silver. Why gold though? Why not silver or diamonds i mean silver of course is money as well as i said you know gold for the kings silver for the bourgeoisie so gold and silver both are money diamonds i mean you are from africa i mean we know that the, the diamond market has been heavily centralized you know we had a few actors who still control the diamond uh, market uh, today you can create artificially a diamond and of course, you know, when I look at the diamond, I mean, you can sell me whatever. I have no clue how to distinguish a real uh, one crate, you know, from something fake. So, um, so that's, I don't understand it. I'm not a woman. I don't buy, you know, uh, so for me, really, <laughs> but it can make sense. You know, if people understand diamonds, I think it's, uh, it's also, it, it can make sense, but it has, 
you know, if you think about one carat brilliant or diamond, I mean, it's what, mm. roughly 30,000 uh, euros. So it's a lot of money on a very low, very small scale. And you cannot just crash it. You know, gold, yeah. you still can melt it in or whatever, or can gather in, in smaller formats. So I think, yeah, that's why really the optimal and the best for since people started trading with each other, you know, gold and silver, that's it. So we just forgot it over the last 50 years. And that's, I mean, Switzerland was on the gold standard until the year of 2000. Good so it's really 20 years. Sure. But, okay. a lot, but Claudia, people forget about history. Claudia Gross, I'll be back with you shortly. My name is James. Okay. This is TNT. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out, I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador so I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my license, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. My dad was a farmer. The guy was bigger than life. He wasn't someone that liked to show his emotion or liked to show when he was struggling, but we all struggle. I want to show emotion to my kids. It's something that brings me so much joy. And I want them to see me working through things. Allow your kids to know that it's okay to struggle. That even dad doesn't know the answer sometimes, but we're going to figure it out together. Talk that matters. Germ Warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. So, Claudio, uh, buying silver is also good in your, in your view. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, silver is still, I would say, I haven't checked the ratio now, but still around 90 times cheaper than gold. When we look, uh, you know, silver in, in the ground is, you find 12 to 15 times more silver than gold. So that, that's also the historical ratio. And uh, even over the last 50 years, I think the ratio was something around 1 to 40, 1 to 45. So at the moment, it's 90 times cheaper. So it means, you know, silver is even more undervalued than gold. And at the same time, of course, you know, most of the silver has been uh, sold into the industry. So the stock of silver is even smaller than the stock of gold. So it has huge potential, you know, so the guys who don't have too much money. I mean, I always say, you know, if you only if you have 20 bucks left, 25 bucks left uh, per month, you know, go and buy a silver coin because you will be happy in the future. No, I think it's really now it's, you know, we always had this, you know, financial markets also operate in cycles. And I remember a friend of mine, he is managing his own uh, fund, but he, his focus was always, he got the money from wealthy families. And these families were saying, listen, I mean, this is the core wealth of our family. If this, if this wealth is, is being lost, then the family will be destroyed. 
And so he always had to look, you know, not to make as much money as possible, but always to keep it safe and to bring it through all these different, you know, risks and so on. And uh, so he decided in 1999, he said, you know, I don't understand, you know, the new economy and all these, what's going on in the stock market. There is no common sense any longer. And he sold all his uh, fiat money and bonds and cashed it in into physical gold. And back then it was $180, $200 an ounce. And then for the next 10 years, you know, it went up to 1900. So he had a fantastic performance and he's still, you know, holding his gold today. And um, so I think, yeah, you know, you have to think a bit long term. And uh, mm -hmm. if you if you're safe and if you own things, then you cannot consume at the same time. So you cannot invest. So it's a, it's a different concept. <clears throat> so, you know, my, my customers are not the classic investors. My customers are the classic owners. They love to own real stuff, 100%. But the problem with gold and silver in general, if you don't mind me saying, is that it's heavy. Uh, it's just, it's awkward to, this is essentially why they attached it to, to physical notes. Now that's all fall, fallen away, but are you suggesting then that that is the best way to do it? You have physical notes that are pinned to the actual gold or silver supply. I mean, there is not the uh, one solution fits it all. I mean, you know, I mm -hmm. think for me, I mean, I mean, you know, once when the monetary system is crashing, I mean, then of course we will be, we will go back for a certain period of time to barter. And then yeah. you will be happy if you can trade in, you know, silver coin or a gold coin, because then it's, yeah, that's the best you can get, you know, but, um, even, even if you think a bit ahead, I truly believe, yeah, we're going to, when we digitalize gold and it is stored somewhere safely, physically, but we digitalize the property title so you can trade it on the internet. But at the same time, you can also go and, you know, withdraw the physical gold. That's how I see the future. You know, and I also see it, you know, could be, we can digitalize wheat, uh, grain, you know, whatever, oil. Um, I think because every hard asset, uh, as long as you can trade it on the internet, can become money in a way. You know, but I think the most liquid one also in the future with the longest history as money is still, you know, yeah, it's gold and silver. So I can only recommend, you know, I mean, uh, and I, I, I'm doing that now for 20 years. And I have to say, you know, it has been a great run and it always made sense. And my, comp and my name, the name of my company is, you know, Sound Money for a Sound Society. And I truly believe, you know, gold and silver is the soundest money you can find. And it's less corrupting, uh, you know, the people and uh, or a credit based system where a few people can decide who re how much money they want to print, who receives it at which uh, interest rates, how to bribe, you know, politicians, how to use it to finance war and all that stuff, which is going on right now. You know, this yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose holding on to precious metals is a great way to buffer against something like Agenda 2030 or the Great Reset, etc. I mean, these are as you say, they're stores of value. So you can hold them physically and unless somebody t steals them from you, they're, they're going to be valuable no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And whenever you have a gold coin, I mean, you can always cash it in. You know, it's always liquid. And even Greenspan, you know, he said, you know, the only, yeah, the only gold is the only money which is, which is accepted in particular also during a harsh crisis uh, scenario. So it's, you no, know, we are living in a, in a, yeah, look at the world. I mean, it's, it's a Muppet show. It's completely absurd. So, and people are running around, you know, with paper notes and so on, but this is coming to an end. 
and um, and uh, I think yeah, then they will. You know, the guys uh, even even now. I mean, my customers are really. I have to say, you know, when you're in the gold business, you're dealing with amazing individuals. Yeah, people, you know, people you can trust, you can shake hands. You know, a word is a word. Uh, they understand. Yeah, they have an open mind. You can talk about everything. There is no political correctness. There is no thought control. Whatever, they understand philosophy. Very bright, very bright, successful individuals, and so that gives me hope. You know, and um, it's easy. Uh, Claudio, you know, it, what what gives gold and silver its value? I mean, at the end of the day, it's always the individual, you know, whatever value is, is, is depends on, on how the individual looks at something like, like a Bitcoin, you know, maybe you, you, you are saying, Hey, I believe Bitcoin is worth a hundred thousand, but you know, uh, you a friend of yours, he might say, I would not even invest, you know, $1 into Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So it always lies in the eye of the observer. But when we look, when we look back at history, or at least, you know, I mean, history, when it's written down, I mean, we have seen, I have seen history, you know, I'm born in 71. So I know history, Iraq War One, Iraq War Two, uh, you know, I, I saw that with my own eyes. So history on paper can always be modified and changed. And, you know, I believe whatever we, we believe when it comes to history, I think most of it is crap anyway. But uh, look at, look at, you know, you still find gold coins. Oh, there are thousands, thousands of years from all different kind of epochs. So gold is really, yeah, gold and silver uh, is money for 5,000 so years. Sorry for interrupting. So are you saying, Claudio, that the value of gold and silver is determined by the collective agreement of people over time? Maybe, okay. I mean, when it comes to money also, I mean, Money and gold, you know, it, it, money should be, first of all, it should be a store of value. You know, so you cannot, you cannot use uh, sand or, or water as, I mean, in, on the normal uh, circumstances, you know, so it needs to be scarce so that it cannot be easily reproduced. Uh, you know, it needs to be uh, easy to transport. I mean, a ton of steel is also money, but it's a ton of steel. And, um, so it's not that easy to transport, you know, but then it needs to be uh, easily recognizable. And when you look at gold and silver, I mean, it's really, you know, once if you had a, a gold coin in your hand a few times or a one kilo bar of gold, I mean, you understand, you will see what's fake is what is fake and what's not. So it's very easy. So I think these are all, uh, these are all uh, characteristics of money, you know, scarcity, easy to transport, it's divisible, you know, you can melt it in and so on. It can, you can use it as a, um, um, a to measure, to measure something. You know? And I think that's, that's all uh, when it comes, that's, that's the good stuff about gold and silver, which and helps to become money. If it, if it's lasted the last few thousand years in human history, it will most likely last a few thousand more years. I mean, absolutely. And, uh, mm. and as I said, you know, we are now, I mean, this is the first time that we are living in a, in a global system, which is completely based on fiat. Mm. No, it's not, it's not gold backed any longer. And, and we, we went off to, I mean, the whole Western world was on a gold standard till to, until the first world war. So, you know, we are talking about a very small, very narrow period of time where people have forgotten that gold and silver is our gold, uh, our money. And, uh, but I think, you know, when we, when we see that all these credit dreams and these bubbles are going to disappear, 
I mean, what will be left over are basically hard assets. You know, and if you own those hard assets, um, then you then you're going to be then you're going to make it, and you will also be able to rebuild. Uh, you know, then you have your financial freedom to rebuild. You know, the future again, because I think mm -hmm. we have to go through a certain period of uh, of transition. You know, and I, I also believe that in a one day we're gonna we're gonna have you know the grocery stores will be empty, or maybe now we're gonna see lockdowns because of terrorism. You know, I mean that kind of stuff. So this, this, uh, everything is happening. I mean, they're really bringing down the system. You know, they're creating artificial wars, artificial pandemies. You know, or whatever. Uh, it's all nonsense. So uh, it, it's absurd. You know what's going on. Uh, Claudio, um, I must just point out somebody in the comments has has actually completely destroyed your entire argument. They say, gold and silver are not the best uh, money. Wine is Claudio. Wine. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's the end of the conversation. Well, <laughs> at least, you know, of course, you know, can they, yeah, absolutely. You know, wine, wine, wine is a currency. It <laughs> is the is best the currency. <laughs> Definitely. So, so in other words, a, um, a Cabernet Sauvignon would be the gold. Uh, perhaps a Chardonnay could be a, a silver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you always I mean, like cigarettes, you know, so if, as long as you have something tangible, hard, you know, or that you can consume or whatever, I mean, yeah, you can barter it. So it will become money. It's like the first Bitcoins when they have been used <laughs> to pay for the pizza, you know, what, 7 million uh, Bitcoins and so on. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I would not, I mean, but you have to keep, you know, the wine uh, in good shape. You have to take care of the temperatures. I mean, if you really use it as, as money or as a store of value, uh, I mean, yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, work coming together, and uh, and you always right. run the risk that the wine turns sour or so. Yes, what you do. No, I've got it. I've got it sorted out. You have your wine, and you put your gold and silver in the wine <laughs> 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 as a store of value. <laughs> Nobody will ever look there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Might be a good uh, hiding place. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, time is running out now, so maybe let's come in for a landing with a, a nugget of wisdom from you, if you don't mind. Nugget of wisdom. I think, yeah, prepare. No, I, I truly believe um, this is, this is the next few years will be harsh. Mm. I mean, you know, and we are going towards that reset. That's what these uh, idiots also are propagating. I mean, yeah, look around you. It doesn't make sense. It's a Muppet show. Politics is a Muppet show. And, um, and and we whatever they do, it's basically against the interests of their own people, even our own governments. So I think people should, you know, yeah, keep an open mind, start to think independently, independent of another person's guidance. Don't be afraid to talk about, you know, with your friends. Uh, don't don't be afraid to talk about certain topics because the only possibility how to enlighten ourselves is by having a free debate, where we should not be uh, afraid that they can lock us away because of a wrong opinion and so on. You know, mm. and educate yourself, go a little bit into philosophy, you know, educate yourself, read, you know, some, uh, some history, some philosophy, how the economy is working and, and prepare for, uh, for the crash of, of the current system. You know, think about, um, try to find like-minded individuals and, uh, think about to leave, you know, the densely populated areas. Where could you go? You know, once the grocery stores are empty, because there is an old saying, uh, which means you know, there are nine meals between order and chaos, you know, so roughly three days. 
And when I see, you know, the mass migration and, you know, what they did to the economy and, you know, the, the, the sovereign debt crisis that we are in, uh, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well. And especially, yeah, because also the economy, you know, centralized economies, you never have prices. So in a centralized economy, that always leads to the misallocation yeah. of goods and services. So it will always yeah. lead to the impoverishment of the, of the, of the people. And we have seen the outcome of those ideas in the past, you know, with communism and with Pol Pot and with China and, you know, with under Mao, for example, you know, I mean, the Bolsheviks and so on. So I think, um, yeah, there is nothing new under the sun. You know, it's divide and conquer, it's fear and control. And yeah. uh, it's a little bit of bread and games, but uh, don't let, let be, don't let yourself be distracted too much. You know, really think ahead yeah. and try to, to and don't be a victim. Absolutely. The self-learned yeah. helplessness. I mean, this mm -hmm. is crazy, you know? So, um, so I have my plan B, you know, I also have a plan C. I went to Africa a few months ago just to check it out. If for you a, came, a, you came to my side of the world. Well, I went to, uh, Tanzania. Oh, that's quite I far away. I checked out that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not South Africa. No, I think South Africa for the time being is also not an option because I mean, all the, all my customers, they basically left. And I had some really old Boers, <laughs> some old Boers who always believed in South Africa, but they told me- And they've left. They left. Yes, yeah. it's just a few of us left. Yeah. <laughs> um, Claudio, how can I uh, follow your work or find out more at least? Well, I think the easiest would be my homepage. It's claudiograss.ch. So I also run the blog where I write uh, articles about geopolitics, philosophy, the monetary system, gold, of course, um, you know, new ideas, how to, how to peacefully secede from the system. So, um, and there you have my mobile and uh, email and everything. So people can always shoot me an email if they have questions or so, I'm happy to answer. And uh, that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. Claudia Gross, thank you for joining me in <laughs> the trenches. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Always a pleasure talking to you. It is always a pleasure. I'm going to invite you back sooner than I did last time because I, I, this is very valuable stuff. So I think I think we can always, always uh, have these conversations. Thank you so much, Jeremy. All the best. And uh, yes, thank you. And uh, thank you, uh, Alex. And uh, is it Joel in the background there? Or is it Anoop? It's Joel. I can't see too far, too far in the distance there. Alex, you have to help me. Uh, send me an email, joewarfare at tntradio.live. Again, let me know what you thought of the conversation, gold, silver, and of course, the all-important question. Should you wear shorts and sandals to the theater? I am arguing you should not. So let me know, send me an email, tell me if you agree with that or not. Should we preserve <laughs> high society where it still exists, <laughs> which is not, not very, not, there aren't many places anymore where you can find culture. If it's even dying in Europe, which is like the breeding ground of culture. Anyway, all right, I'm out of here. I'll catch you tomorrow. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.